Hello, Sacred Rebel, Sam Goldsmith here, and welcome to Her Great Rebellion, the podcast. This is the podcast that delivers the strategy and woo to alchemize your sacred inner rebel, ground you in emotional stability, and help you create the freedom that you desire from that place. By mastering our mindset, our emotions, and our energetics, we create radical movement, heal with sacred medicine, and unlock sacred strategies. Now, as you know, this season is all about special guests, and I'm so excited to be introducing you to a lady today who I know very well. She is a powerhouse fitness expert specializing in supporting women and particularly mums prenatally, during pregnancy and postnatally to connect to their bodies in really powerful ways. Her name is Checky Fisher and she is the founder of One Fit Mama. So let me introduce you to her quickly now and then we'll get on to our conscious breathing. Hey Checky, how are you? Hi, Sam. How are you? It's so nice to be here and congratulations on the release of your new book. Oh, thank you so much, Checky. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Before we get into it, I'll invite you to do a little bit of conscious breathing with us like we do at the beginning of uh, every podcast. So as we spend time together... That's amazing. As we spend time um, together every week in the podcast, if this is your first time listening, uh, I'm going to ask that you take a few moments to breathe together before we begin. This is a really powerful sacred action that has radically transformed my own life in so many ways. And it's the way that I choose to start all my work with people um, in my uh, private practice, in my uh, programs and everything that we do. We take this moment just to let go of the busyness of the day and all the things going on in our minds and give the mind a bit of a rest and go into the more intelligent centers um, that we have access to. So for now, let's just recognize our breath and breathing together in this way when we meet as an entry point into a sacred dimension, a moment to remember and recognize ourselves as sacred and to open up sacred listening, sacred hearing, sacred feeling and sacred understanding. Okay, so wherever you are right now, let's just breathe together for a few moments. If you're listening in a place where you can close your eyes, that's great. If you can't, if you're in your car, if you're walking, walking the dog, whatever, um, just call your, pull your energy back inwards and bring your attention to yourself, to your breathing and to your heart just for a few moments. Okay, so let's breathe in together through our nose. And then gently and easily out of our mouths. Taking a few breaths like this in your own time. Breathing with an easy, natural rhythm and allowing your body to take some deeper breaths and some more shallow. Trusting that as it does this, it is gently recalibrating itself to ease. Let's connect now to our hearts, to the energy that we feel around the area of our physical heart. You may like to bring attention to your energetic heart, to the front of your physical chest and the back of your physical chest. Connecting to this energy now, give your heart permission to travel up to your mind and gently quieten it down. Allow that quietness now to move over the top of your physical head and run down the length of your entire body, 
coating your whole body in a layer of calm. And as we continue to gently breathe, let's sense an energy underneath this layer of calm. You might connect to this as your higher self, as some other intelligent energetic force that you connect with or resonate with. I'm going to call it divine being. Whatever feels right for you, I invite you to connect to this sense of energy, this divine being underneath that layer of calm. And breathing here, give this divine being permission to hear, interpret, process and feel anything and everything that we talk about today in the perfect way for your highest good and the good of all of those whose lives you impact. Okay, beautiful beings. So as part of this series, you know that I'm wanting to bring you stories of unique radical rebellions and share the golden nuggets that my guests have mined from their own lived experiences, their embodiment of their own work and the ways that they now share that to help other women. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Checky today. Not only is she an absolute powerhouse helping women embody the power within their own bodies, she is a phenomenal woman to boot. She has raised two beautiful daughters as a single mom. She's traveled to the depths of despair in areas of her life and has risen like a phoenix out of them. And she holds that uh, context for women in multiple ways, professionally and personally now. And Checky and I share a very special similarity in that we both had babies when we were much younger and babies when we were much <laughs> older. In fact, geriatric as the medical community calls us now. <laughs> so without further ado, so yes, I want to introduce you to her and let her have an opportunity to tell us a little bit about herself. So hi, Checky. Hi, thank you so much. It's really, um, yeah, I'm really touched by your words and it's it's really, really lovely to be here and, and share a bit of my story to hopefully inspire other women as well. I'm sure, I'm so sure that it will in multiple ways. So let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about um, your background, Checky, and how you uh, have come to the point where you're sharing this really beautiful work with women in relation to fitness and motherhood and birth and bodies and everything that you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Well, look, you know, um, I used to be a tour guide and I was doing that for 15 years around, you know, different parts of Australia. So I always had to be very physically active um, and be able to work for long periods of time and do big hikes and walks with people. And I've always had a general um, love of helping people, but also, you know, giving people um, my energy as well. I'm a bit of a, an extrovert. So I suppose I, you know, I've always enjoyed making people feel a bit more uplifted. Um, and it wasn't until I had my first child that I, you know, I just really wanted to get fit again after having my first baby. And the gym I was going to at the time and the trainer that I was with, he kind of didn't really know what to do with me. <laughs> Because, you know, being a guy, um, he just was not really aware of postnatal recovery or what kind of things that I was kind of bringing to the table with him that I was having troubles with in my back and so forth. So I just thought, wow, there's really kind of a niche market here that's not really being looked after. And it was just really hard to find anyone that was doing kind of one-on-one -on -one care for postnatal in terms of fitness. 
Um, you know, there's plenty of physios and things like that, but where's the physical aspect of really getting my strength back up and, and feeling like I'm confident in my body again? So that really, um, you know, I'd done 15 years of tour guiding, as I said before, and, and I felt like I was coming to the end of that career. I kind of felt like I'd ticked every box um, in terms of different ways that I could do that job. So I thought, well, maybe I should just go into personal training, but just focus on mums and pre and postnatal care. So that's really where I had this idea um, and just kind of, yeah, just got really fixated on making that happen really. <laughs> Yeah, and tell us, Shecky, just um, for some of the listeners or most of the listeners are really um, interested in looking at things that will help them in different areas of their business and their um, whether that's making a passion project come alive or deepening whatever's going on in their own business at the moment. So can you just talk us through like some of the challenges that actually were involved in moving from one career to effectively a brand new career and training yourself and getting the qualification and then following through on all of the things to make that an actual business. Yeah. Oh, look, um, I had so many things against me, really. I mean, look, to start off, I was in a marriage that was very unhealthy and quite toxic. Um, So when I actually turned around to my husband at that time and said, you know, this is what I want to do, I had absolutely no support from him. He didn't like the idea Um, He didn't want me to be changing my career. He said it wasn't going to make any money. You know, I was was getting no support from my own husband at the time. And then, of course, there was the the financial aspect. Um, So it was kind of like, well, if I need to go and do my three and four in fitness and actually become a trainer, I have to actually be studying full time. Um, So then it was like, well, how am I going to pull that off? (laughs) Mm-hmm. you know and um and then of course i had a 3 year old child so it was like where what am i going to do with her i had no family at the time uh, we were living in melbourne i had no family there so i was really like in a real pickle um but i thought there must be a way you know because i'm not i'm not going to be happy unless i follow this journey because i'm i'm feeling that fire in my belly that I need to go into this career and I, I've got this idea and I believe in this idea, you know. So it was actually, I really believe sometimes when, you know, um, you, you want something so badly, I do believe little, little helpers come out of the woodwork. It's almost like the universe is kind of feeling your wants and your visualisation and your you know, you're just wanting it so badly. And all these little things started coming up for me that was showing me that I could pull this off, you know. Um, so for instance, the, the course to do personal training is actually between five to $6,000, which, you know, is quite expensive for families. Um, and as I said, at the time, I didn't have a lot of money. So I didn't have the money for that course at the time. Um, because I was in a toxic relationship, there was a lot of financial abuse going on as well. So I wasn't really able to have access to getting money. Um, so it was quite miraculous, but I actually just went to the course seminar. Um, I thought, okay, just go to the course seminar and I'll, I'll try and work that bit out later. So I go to the course seminar and I sat down with this girl and 
she showed me the the venue and the gym and the teachers and and then she sat me down and went okay so this course is you know six thousand dollars and I went right okay and I said oh is there any way we can do installments or and she said oh well are you certified in anything and I said well no I'm not actually and she said oh well you might be um able to get a grant and when she said that, I, I didn't quite know what she was talking about and I, I didn't think I'd be eligible because at the time I was about 31. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm too old. It's, there's going to be nothing there for me. But sure enough, like she did a bit of underground work and said, yeah, you can actually get the government grant, which means because you don't have a trade, um, the course will be $380. (laughs) So I just sat there and I could not believe what she was telling me. And I just thought, oh my God, if that's not a sign that I need to just do this, that's like, okay, I've eliminated my first problem. Do you know what I mean? So It's so amazing. I'm so excited that you're sharing this context, Checky, because it's like the hunger and the connection to the desire to want to do it has brought forth these little helpers that you mentioned. Yes. And then, you know, like I talk to women all the time about this um, ability, just increasing your ability or your capacity to move yourself no matter what. And it's like that one little step just led to the next opening, to the next opening, to the next oh, opening where you could actually Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had, I already had the information that it was going to be expensive, but the fact that I just decided to go and I thought, oh, I'll just try and work it out later. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have made that discovery because that that would have never crossed my mind that there was some kind of a government grant for people in my age group who weren't in a trade. So yeah, it was incredible. So I actually signed up on the spot. And of course, in the back of the head, I'm thinking, oh my God, my husband is going to, he's just going to hate this, you know? Mm. And then of course, my next problem was what am I going to do with my three-year-old? Because the course was two months full-time. It was actually a, um, they call it like a shotgun course. So it's basically just getting it done really, it's like a compact course for those people that don't have a lot of time, which was perfect for me. Um, So (laughs) I go into the daycare center and this is kind of a funny thing, but I just kind of went in there and just talked to the owner. And I said to her, look, um, do you guys have any subsidies or anything that I could kind of do in terms of study? And, um, and of course, again, I think there's nothing's going to come out of this discussion. And she said to me, well, what is it that you're trying to do? And I said, oh, well, I, I just need to do a course for two months full time. And I just need some extra care for my daughter, you know, and she'd already been going there probably about once a week. Um, And she actually, which is so amazing, at the time when I'm sitting there in the chair, I was very, very skinny because I wasn't happy in my marriage. So I had no weight on me at all. I was really underweight. And it was simply just from the stress of being in a really toxic environment. And I was really keeping it to myself. I wasn't telling friends. I wasn't, you know, a few people were making comments about my weight, but I wasn't really giving anything away. And this lady kind of said to me, you know, Checky, you're looking really underweight. Is everything okay? And it kind of, you know, I was kind of there sitting in her office going, oh my God. And I said, look, I'm going through a bit of a rough time, but 
I just appreciate any help. Um, I'm just in a bit of a pickle with my marriage and everything. And it's almost like she knew something wasn't right. And she just goes to me, should we just apply for hardship? Because if we can apply you for hardship through Centrelink, I can get you three months full-time in this daycare centre. Mm. <laughs> Again, I'm... <laughs> And this was, this was like a week after I've signed up for the course. So I'm sitting there going, this can't be happening. This is, this, I said that I was almost in tears. I just said, that would just be incredible. I mean, that would just help me so much. And of course, I didn't want to have to put my daughter in for full-time care. Obviously, ideally, you always want them with a family member or, but I, I just wanted so much to follow my dream. And I knew that just for this short time just for these couple of months then I've got her back with me and I've got this new career that I can start straight away you know yeah so so that was my and she did she signed me up we got it approved I was forever grateful she she must have known something more was going on than just this course you know um but I was just again I just felt like someone's looking after me someone's helping me And again, if you don't go out and just take the steps, don't worry about what the outcome is going to be. Just go out there and ask people, tell them what you want to do and and say to them, like, I would really love some help. Do you know anyone who could help me? Or do you know of any services that are available so I can pull this off? And simply by doing that, just paid off in spades. I'm so glad looking back now that I just did that. Um, and, And, you know, I remember going home that night and telling my husband at the time, okay, um, just letting you know, I've signed up for the course. It's going to be two months full time and Saskia's organized. She's in daycare. It's all done. And he was horrified. <laughs> he, mm. I think it was more, he, he just really, he was a narcissist and he was really frustrated by my strength and my determination. It drove him crazy because he couldn't control me the way he wanted to. Mm. Um, so we were just having so many fights after that, but I just was not going to back down. I thought, no, this is my future. And this is me, you know, reinventing myself into a new career, which potentially is going to work better for being a mum because I'll be more flexible. I can be available more for my child. Um, so yeah, there was, it was amazing. And before I knew it, I was sitting in the classroom and I was doing the course and I was almost pinching myself, you know, it was just amazing and and at the time my I was having major problems with my back um so I was in a lot of back pain and I was still trying to work out what was going on with my spine at the time um but I was there and I kept doing the stuff that they wanted us to do in the course because you're doing a lot of training during the course because they want to make sure you're going to walk the talk so I was pretty determined Oh my gosh, Jackie. You did. And it's like there's so much juice in this conversation. Like we're only at this stage of hearing about the desire, you know, that was born and how you went about these steps. And I've already got a million offshoots in my head that I want to ask you about. (laughs) But it's like um, I think what you just shared is I want to really allow the power of this to land in women's bodies because all of that opened up because of your ability to just 
say what was going on for you in your life and declare what you wanted. So there's so much just in that yeah. little tiny bit, like my, my own personal experience of being a single mom in my very early twenties and doing everything on my own is that I never asked anybody for help, you know, almost the polar yeah. opposite of what you're describing. Oh and it's like, wow. I can see that. Yeah you know, not asking for help and, you know, doing all the things I see now is I did like really the hard yards. And of course it was beneficial for me in certain ways and created a, grew a lot of muscle and all sorts of other things that are beneficial for me now. But it was like, imagine if I had just told somebody what was going on for me, but I actually felt too much, um, like, fear of shame and rejection to be able to do that so I just love that you're sharing this in this way like it's just when it's just the truth it's the truth and we don't have to have those barriers as women because we can ask for help and people want to help us particularly when you when someone can see you're being very sincere and genuine and and um yeah, that you're just, you, you, I mean, I didn't give everything away to that woman in the daycare center of what was going on in my marriage, but, um, she could see, she could read it on my face and she could see that there was a, an element of desperation of me trying to work out what I was going to do with my three-year-old, but all credit to you, Sam, because I wasn't a single mum by then, you know, um, I'd had, an, I, I then had another child and then I finally got the courage to leave that toxic marriage Um, and it was funny when I was a single mum, I felt like maybe at times I didn't ask for help as much as when I did when I was with him. (laughs) So I kind of see what you're saying. And maybe that was because there was a sense of pride almost in myself to see if I could do this on my own, like I can do it. It was almost like I wanted to prove to him I didn't need anyone's help or yeah, it's like the table shifted when I became a single mum. I was like, I'm going to do all this and um, I did so much more on my own when I was a single mum for sure. I, I don't, yeah. So it's really interesting that you've touched on that because I wonder why I then flipped over the table on the other side. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. I'm probably <laughs> going to be like, oh my goodness, where do I have to go? And look at something within yeah. myself now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's just accept that, you know, it wasn't easy, whatever was going on, you had to like really overcome a lot of stuff and a lot of obstacles to get that business going. Yeah. It was driven by this like deep desire for kind of like your personal fulfillment. And then how did it, you get really focused into um, in or passionate about working with women in this particular way. Like tell me about that, how you oh, feel about yeah. motherhood and women's perceptions of how they need to be after they have babies and all the things. Yeah, well, um, it was really interesting because, you know, when I did, you know, I had my first and as the years were going by, when I sp- I already had a vision in my head before I actually started that course. So I started to daydream and visualize a lot. And I've always been a really big believer. I've read a lot of books on it (laughs) about manifestation and visualization. Um, It's a scientific proof that, you know, your brain will take command if you repetitively ask for something. It works like a computer and it's just having trust that the information you're feeding your thoughts um, 
and your dreams, that you feed it with that all the time by visualizing. So I was visualizing myself a lot doing the job, like training women, um, training mums, because that was my, I knew that was my passion. Like I want to help mums. I want to help mums. I've been on the journey. I want to help them. I know how they feel after they've had a baby where the body feels a bit floppy and it's not firm. And um, I want to help them build their confidence up because I know how I felt, you know. So that was really my drive. And then going into the course, I just started telling a lot of my teachers what I wanted to do and, and they were kind of reinforcing it was a great idea. It's always good to follow a niche market in any kind of business. And also they said in personal training, yeah, if you can find a niche market and just simply focus on that, you'll, you'll do quite well. The interesting thing is with personal trainers, they only last in average two years. And I was wow. really shocked. I'm shocking. That. I'm yeah. shocked by that, yeah. I didn't know that until I started doing the course and we were told that repetitively. And the reason being is because you are running a business. You are not employed. Well, you, you can be employed by people, but... People don't know behind the scenes that you are ultimately the one who's sourcing your own clients, um, turning them into a client because you can meet people, but they might not choose to train with you. So there's a whole other side of it. And if you don't have those characteristics or that potential to pull that off, you, you might not, you could be a great trainer, but you might not get the business. So that was a bit daunting to me. And while I was doing the course, I, you know, I was a high school dropout. Um, I really didn't find much in school. I'm not very academic, to be honest. I'm probably more a hands-on practical sort of learner. So I left school before year nine. Um, so I didn't even get my junior certificate, never been to uni. So there I was trying to do um, exams. <laughs> so that was like a psychological side that I, I had to deal with. And that was a bit of a challenge. Um, I just want to interrupt you and just say, oh my gosh, I just love this because every kind of excuse that comes up in our mind as a woman deciding to run a business or start a business or take the business to the next level or anything, you're just like smashing them out of the water step by step. (laughs) Do you know what's really funny, Sam, is the first exam I failed and the teacher was really lovely and he kind of pulled me, Sonny said, Chicky, um, you failed the course. You know, I, I don't understand because you're answering all the questions perfectly in the classroom. And I looked at him and I said, um, oh, um, well, they were trick questions, right? And he looked at me and he goes, no, they're not trick questions. <laughs> so I was even like trying to, I thought they were trying to trick me. So I was like looking at it from a totally different angle. Um, and it was just so funny because he asked me the questions and I was just answering them. And he goes, so you've just passed the exam. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't understand the questions. I said, mate, I haven't been in exams for years. I said, I'm like, I'm like a fish out of water. <laughs> um, but they were really supportive and understanding of that. And, you know, they, they helped me through it. And then before it, I, I, you know, before I knew it, I started to kind of get better at the studying and the exams. And so that was, that was another challenge altogether. <laughs> um, but going into women, um, you know, I'd heard from friends and just, yeah, just seeing in the market at that particular time. I mean, you have to remember, we're going back 11 years now when I did this course. So at that time, uh, there was nothing for mums and barbs. Um, we didn't have half of the celebrity, amazing female trainers that we have now that really focus on mums. Um, there was a lot of boot camps around. I didn't feel like um, that was really focusing on the person as an individual, because 
what you learn as a trainer is, is that a lot of people have their own injuries and they also have a bit of psychological stuff going on that could be attached to the birth or could be attached to the pregnancy. So I really wanted to be that person that was just their mentor to really give more than a fitness session, but really kind of dig deep to what's going on for them and turn it around so that it was a really positive outcome and that we could move them forward to just feeling beautiful again, you know? Um, that was really my ultimate goal. So I already knew before I did that course exactly what I wanted to do. So I was just focused on that. (laughs) And let's just change the gear a little bit and go into that a bit more deeply. So when you're working with women now in your business, One Fit Mama, what are the kind of things that you see women being challenged by? And, you know, we're talking about, I guess, particularly to to mums listening as well that might have had mindsets or feelings around their own physical bodies or their appearance and then the extensions of of those that you I know you talk about mentoring with your um with your mums about the guilt associated with taking time for yourself or looking after yourself and all of those things that like it's so much more than just deciding to go to the gym, you know? Yes. Uh, look, unfortunately for women in society, we do still have a little bit of traits that have continued the whole way through. And that is, for instance, as you said, guilt. Um, that's probably one of the biggest ones I see. There seems to be a guilt in women to take time out for themselves when they are mothers. And it's simply because there's still research that shows that there is an expectation that we are, you know, still the homemakers, we're still um, doing all the cleaning and and it sounds terrible. I know, you know, I don't want to put every guy in a bag. There's obviously some awesome guys out there that are more hands-on, but research does show there still is this old school kind of mentality um, that... I've got my. <laughs> he's trying to break in. <laughs> I know he's trying to break in. He knows he's been closed out. Um, hopefully, the teenager is going to grab him. <laughs> but yeah, there's just this mentality that um, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell. I was going to direct listeners as well to um, check out your Instagram. I was having a look at it before we spoke today, and your little boy Silas is beating down the door now. I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> the little one on the other side, like, "Mom, I, I love you. I need you. I need you." But um, you've got so many cool videos there of um, doing your training, and Silas like alongside you, copying the exercises yeah, and so doing cute. all the things. And so cute. It's such a good yeah. like full circle moment as well to think about you know why you may started this business how you empowered yourself and the different mum that you wanted to be or your vision for yourself as a mum and now you've got this business where you've got this little cutie by your side I'm so lucky I'm so blessed um when I left my first marriage um and I literally you know it was a dangerous situation I was in because it was so toxic that I literally had to pack everything in the car in a window of two hours and chuck two daughters in the car and kind of speed off um and I had to go into a uh, I had to be um staying with someone where he couldn't find me you know so it was pretty intense and I look at my life now and I think god you didn't stop 
aiming on what you wanted to do. And I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself for that because I'm so glad that even when I was so run down, underweight, emotionally drained, exhausted, had all these odds against me, I'm, I'm so proud of myself that I did just still go, just keep trying, Checky, just, just keep trying, see if you can pull this off. Like I knew deep down that, you know, I deserved better, a better life and I wanted a better life for my kids. Um, so to, going back to talking in terms of women, as I said, when I train them, there is a lot of guilt. We feel guilty to take times out for ourselves because we do become really selfless when we have our children. And it's a natural, um, you know, thing that we embody when we have our children because we absolutely adore them and we are nurturers. So when we take the time out to go, oh, you just really want to get some fitness in or just know that I'm looking after myself, because I say this to my clients, it's not just about physically feeling like you feel quite good in your clothes again, it's mental as well, because it's about looking after your mental health and also making sure that you have just like giving yourself that self-care because I do feel like we're better mums when we do make sure that we've done something for ourselves as well. Our families won't thrive if we're not thriving. And fitness is so much more than just a workout and, you know, aiming to get a fit body. It is so much more than that. It is, it is fully holistic. It is, it's going to help your mental health tenfold. It makes people happier. It research proves it. And I always say to women, like, don't feel guilty about coming and doing a 30-minute workout because you're honoring yourself. And that's a really important and fantastic thing to do because when you go home and look after your kids again, you're going to feel so much more of a better mum because you've done something for you as well. You're not emptying your cup, doing everything for everyone else and leaving you as the last person to do something for so that's one of the biggest things I see. The second thing, and this is, everybody knows this one, social media. So the thing that I hear from a lot of the women I train is they just are faced with so many images um, on Instagram, particularly seems to be the biggest culprit. And it's just, you know, these photos of women that have been filtered, have been altered, I guess um, women are just not feeling good enough and it breaks my heart, to be honest. Um, I hate to think that we're at this point in this day and age that mothers don't feel beautiful enough or that they're just not looking like that woman in that image, their body doesn't look like that or they don't feel their face looks like that. That's one of the heartbreaking things I see and it does give me more fire in my belly, to be honest, to really compliment women when I train them. I always focus on all the things that I think are beautiful about them and I tell them constantly because it just I just want women to love themselves again. I think we're living in a society that's just skewed. I don't know why we're sending such a terrible message to women that they're not good enough. You know, it's just yeah, like, and I think you're making to kick that in the butt. <laughs> totally. I think you're making such a powerful point because there's kind of like this, um, it's like 
uber perception is what's coming through to my mind. It's like there's this uber uber perception on Instagram of like, oh, we're all really about embodiment and self-acceptance and, you know, uniqueness and authenticity and all of this. But there is, it's still got such a heavy overlay of absolute bullshit. (laughs) Like, you know, 150 photos to get that one shot of baby on your boob looking mama natural or whatever. Like it's not just in (laughs) one area. It's in every area across the whole spectrum sam it's in fitness like i don't know how many times i've seen photos where i you know a girl's doing a workout she's got full makeup on her hair's perfect i'm sorry but when i work out my hair is a disaster (laughs) i've got sweat dripping off my chin um it's not it's like we need to make sure that we're being real about what we're selling I like to think when you look on my Instagram account, you are seeing me like you are seeing me. I take photos of my sessions and I will be taking photos of me with my kids. And I just want that real, just, I want people to see the real me because the more women that do that, the more people will see that message. And then it just can can become the new fad. I want to see natural again. I don't want to see us trying hard, like I, I feel like sometimes some of these photos that women put up uh, and, you know, they're pouting to the camera or whatever, and we're really delving deep here and I'm really being brutally honest here as well. Yes, what are we wanting to get from that photograph? In fitness, there's a lot of trainers that might take a photo of their butt and say, hey, I'm working out my butt today. Now, that's not something personally I would do. Um, because that would feel uncomfortable to me. And also I'm asking the question, well, what am I wanting from this photo? Am I wanting someone to say, oh my God, your butt looks amazing? No, that's not what I want. So my question is now for the girls out there that are taking photos of themselves and desperately trying to do a lot of selfies and this self-image stuff, my question is to you, are you actually really, do you actually have self-love for yourself? Or are you actually wanting to get a compliment? And why do you need to get that compliment? Let's delve into that. Is it because you actually don't have self-confidence? Because that's what I question sometimes. Because I am a confident person. I embrace my small boobs from (laughs) breastfeeding three children. I embrace my elephant skin that's across my belly because I've had three children. Um, I, I care about myself enough to, I guess, carry myself in a certain way. My children will see my Instagram account one day. I want to set a good example. I don't want to see them, uh, see me fishing for these kind of compliments because I, I know this sounds like an awful thing to say, but I do question, are these women actually confident people? Yeah. And I think, you know, we can feel, the energy behind different imagery in social media as well. Because I do know, you know, some women who are in a space of they're very out, well, I guess what would be perceived as outrageous in terms of their imagery on social media, but you can feel the energy of it when it's an embodied Mm -hmm. outrageousness compared to a posturing or, you know, in a way that's a desire to manipulate, you know, by creating some sort of um, subtext of deficit that the client's going to um, overcome by engaging with your service, which is a really old 
school, low energy type of marketing that, you know, we are moving away from, which is amazing. And what's coming to my mind is recently um, a woman who I met through another mentoring group that I'm in, um, I, she's followed me on social media. And so I followed her and she was like, really kind, she's kind of wild (laughs) business stuff. She's talking (laughs) about like this, like pussy power and stuff like that. And when I read it, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm triggered, I'm triggered. You know, like when I was reading it myself and, you know, she's doing these big kind of like leg spread over chair imagery and stuff. And I'm not, you know, not full on, but you know, like the, the energy of it's there. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this is actually like I'm noticing a reaction within me and it's like something I don't like. But then as I observed her social media for a few weeks, I was like, oh, my gosh, she is so embodied in this. It actually doesn't give me any of that anymore. So it was like once I checked myself on it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to observe. But it's it's the energy behind it and we we're not fooled by that posturing or that posing that's happening on social media so I just love that this is totally off the off the Richter of what we were going to even be talking about on this session but (laughs) it's so important because all of this like you know for us as business as women who are empowered in business there's so many of us listening that are going to get this really this is going to resonate but then also just for women who are observing these this imagery which is happening almost unconsciously to us because we're so flooded yes. by social media we yes. as women are receiving like oh i've got to be back in shape six week postpartum yes. i've got to wear these devices yes. i've got to you know yes. not have leaky boobs and all the things and that's and just thank totally you so unmanaged. much sam for mentioning that but you absolutely nailed it and that's really what i was trying to kind of unwind down into but this is the conversations i have with my clients they start the conversation and they bring up that, you know, oh, I saw this image today and it just made me feel awful. And this woman's had a baby and she just looks amazing. And there's this comparison going on. And it's really not healthy for us because I always say to my clients, no one is like you and that is your power. Boom. No one is like you and that is your power. And I just want you to purely focus on that. You're absolutely spot on. It's it's not just selfies. It's more than that. It's as you said, it's like the expectation is how some women bounce back, you know, and, and, and what their images are going up. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not putting every woman into that bag because I'm all for women and I'm all for women empowerment and all that stuff. But as you nailed quite rightly, Sam, is that there's just a feeling that you feel when you see some of these images from women and you go, I'm not quite sure where you're coming from to have post that image. You know, you can feel it in your gut. You're just not sure what the reason was behind it um, and what they're actually searching for out of putting that image up. I actually have, how I see it for me personally, I have a lot of respect for myself. My body is sacred to me and how I share my body is really sacred. So you will never see me post up a photo of me in a G-string on on. Uh, Instagram or anything like that. I just don't feel comfortable and I feel like it's a private thing. That's that's my body and I would like to share it in my own time, um, not for the whole world to see. And, um, and I'm confident woman. It's not that I'm not confident. I just, that's just not how I like to express myself. 
Um, I don't need to get any kind of approval from anyone. Um, I give myself my own approval on my terms. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, We need to take our power back a little bit because you give a lot away on social media. And I'm actually surprised at how much some people can give away. Some women, um, it's fantastic because it's knowledge and it's educational and it helps other women. But then on other sides, sometimes it can be, I kind of wonder if it's really going to help them in the long run to share certain things that are quite private, you know. Um, So for me, I don't have any glossy magazines in my house. That's been a number one rule for me um, because I, A, I don't want to make myself feel less worthy. So that's been something that I do and I do that for my daughters as well. The other thing that I do is on Instagram, it's business. So I post for business, I search for business and I uh, communicate in business. I don't have a private account. This is just something I personally do because I don't want to be faced with things that make me feel that I'm not good enough or that I start comparing myself. So I just eliminate the problem altogether and I just don't ever go there. Um, But that's what I do personally and it works for me great. Sometimes not knowing is actually like really great. It's because you're just making boundaries for yourself. I know that if I do look at all those imageries or I will be like every other woman, um, even as a trainer, I will definitely sit there and go, oh my God, like she's so beautiful. I don't have that. Um, Gee, I wish my body, I wish I had boobs, you know. I know I'll go down that path, but I don't do that to myself because, yeah, if you just avoid that altogether, it's actually a lot of freedom and you don't have to deal with it at all. So I guess I'm just bringing that up just for other women out there. Just be aware of what you're uh, exposing yourself to and don't be afraid to just go, you know what, that doesn't make me feel very nice. So I'm just going to eliminate it altogether because that is part of self-love and self-care. Yeah, I'm so glad we're, we're going to this place in this conversation. I just did a post recently on Instagram that was like a permission slip, permission granted to unfollow and unfriend anybody who doesn't make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's another layer to this, which is in the personal development world, especially, um, you know, high achieving and very kind of active and driven women are often in this personal development world where we get told like, oh, if something triggers you, it's something to work on. You've got something to heal. You've got to do the work. You've got to do this, do that. But it's like, you know, you actually don't. Sometimes you can just say, I care about my dream and my desire and my goal more than the distraction that this person's account, for example, you know, we're talking about social media is causing me. So instead of grappling with myself, instead of taking myself to task on every healing and personal development opportunity, I'm actually just going to unfollow you and get back on track (laughs) with following my dream. (laughs) It can just be. Yeah, exactly. And as my father used to say to me when I was a kid, he said, darling, if there's some things that just don't feel comfortable, just smile and say, it was really lovely to meet you and walk away. Because he said, you're still being polite, but you're just not exposing yourself to it. And you know what? In my life, all my friends resignate my beliefs and they resignate 
um, they, they light me up. So if I'm around people that support me um, and that share the same belief system that I have and energize me like I love to energize people, that's my tribe. And those people are going to lift me up and I'm going to lift them up. You need to do that in your social media as well because we're seeing it in women now. I mean, for 11 years of training women, I, I just hear it over and over again. It's really quite confronting for women. And if it's making their self-esteem not great, then you need to actually clear out your, your Instagram accounts, give it a good little flush out and make sure that the only people that are on there or what you're interacting with is A, going to light you up, B, going to make you feel fantastic, um, and C, is it's, it's self-love. So don't feel like you're not being nasty, you're not being mean, you're not telling anything nasty to that person or... And it's not saying that those people are awful people either. It's just they're just not matching your beliefs and they're not making you feel great. So you just very politely walk away and it's just a great way of loving yourself, you know? Yeah, I love that. I've recently done a declutter on on my own account in that way and I looked at it in terms of like if I'm going to be wasting my time, which sometimes, you know, I am, because we still have that dopamine hit social media, yeah. scroll, scroll, scroll that we do. Oh, yeah, we're we all try good not for that. To. <laughs> um, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to just think about what is nourishing for me to be reading while I'm doing this scrolling rather than, yes. you know, hitting yes. us what I'm being exposed to. So You're speaking my language, Sam. You are speaking <laughs> my language. You know, on my Instagram, because I only use it as a business account, um, it's funny, like I, I don't always get a lot of traffic coming through my account and that's because I don't use it in the way that probably in a business aspect I really, really need to. I actually use it for myself in terms of like, I, all I want to follow is motivational speakers. Mm. All I want to follow is nature. <laughs> I want to see whales and dolphins and, um, and I want to see comedy. So it's really funny because there's nothing on there that I do that's fitness at all. Obviously I interact with my clients. Um, I have some friends there, but the stuff I love to follow is nature, motivational speaking and comedy because those things light me up. I love having a good laugh. Um, I love watching animals in nature and um, David Attenborough, all that stuff. And, you know, those are just the things I'm interested in. I know they're going to make me feel good. So it's really interesting, isn't it? Like we do need to kind of just remind ourselves that it's okay to make your tribe not only in your friendship group, in your social media group as well. Oh, totally. And, you know, you're, you're demonstrating this um, amazing point that's starting to come through like a new paradigm in the way that we're doing business as women is, is really coming through about doing things in our own unique way and not subscribing to you know, the algorithms and the courses and the um, strategic posting and all these sorts of things that we've been told, you know, you have to do. And there's still so much marketing around, do it this way, do it that way. But, you know, people like yourself, you've got a successful business and you're doing it this way. And you know, what's amazing, Sam, you're constantly touching on like some fantastic points here, which is why we're friends (laughs) because we're totally in line here, but it's like, I, I am okay. Um, look every week I get emails and contacted by, um, 
you know, businesses that want to give me more followers that want, they say, oh, your account's amazing, but like, you don't really have enough followers. And I'm like, that's okay because they're real followers. They're people that have actually sourced out to find me. They're past clients, they're current clients, they're friends of clients. They're the real people I want. I don't, I don't want the, I don't want traffic that's not really real. I want to um, resignate myself as authentic as I possibly can be. And lo and behold, I believe that my business is going to do well. And because I have that belief, because I'm following it in a natural way that works for me, it works because, yeah, what do you know? People contact me on Instagram and they go, oh, I just found you or, you know, um, I heard from you from another person that trained you and they said you were great and I wanted to come and train with you. And word of mouth is still one of the most effective things in business. It really, really is. And you don't have to always do all these things on social media and spend so much time because just getting in touch with your community in your local area um, is it's all word of mouth is just still one of the most effective things I find for my business. Oh my gosh, there's so much gold in this conversation. (laughs) I was just um, uh, talking about this in this mastermind group that I'm in. One of the women in there, she has a really, really successful business based in the UK and she was in there celebrating that she's now doing like consistent £100,000 months in her business and she has under 500 followers on social media and it's because of exactly what you're saying like it's just women rewriting the rules around how things have to happen and it's just all coming back to this mindset how we feel and the energetics yeah just be authentic with your business I ask my clients you know how did you find me and a lot of them say to me well you know you popped up on Instagram or Facebook And then they said, and then I went through your account and I just felt like you were a really genuine person. And I really liked the imagery you had up because it was all natural and mummy. And I thought, excellent. Then I'm, then I'm being myself. Then I'm, I'm selling the person that I am because there's nothing worse. If I try to be someone I'm not, and then that client comes to me and I've let them down because they're not actually seeing me. I want my clients to see me on my social media and know that they're getting an authentic person that's just being themselves. That's, that's, I don't want to be any, anyone else or try to be anyone else but myself because when my clients meet me, they're going to know what to expect because I will be that person. <laughs> so that's a really important thing to all the women out there. Don't be afraid to be authentic because, again, you no know one is like you and that is your power. So whatever business you go into, whatever your passion is, just be authentic with it. If you want it to have heaps of comedy in it, go for it. If you want it to be focused on um, having little, you love doing your reels or just being yourself and doing something funny in it or showing when you're a mom and you're sleep deprived, just be authentic because I think people will resonate with that more rather than, you know, pushing, forcing something else that almost people can see you're not really, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to be something you're not. I, I just, I think we need to move away from that and go back to being natural, natural women and be okay with that. 
Yeah. I'm not even going to ask you to share your top three tips, Checky, because I think you just nailed it um, <laughs> with that messaging to women. And I'm going to save those um, those top tips to send out to people on my mailing list. So that's a little um, a little little carrot there for people who want to hear more from you because this conversation's gone in little you know rabbit warren ways but I think it, the, the messaging for women has just been fantastic and um I can hear your beautiful little baby um talking in the background children in the background yeah they're, they're playing in the other bedroom and I you know my eldest is now almost 15 so I've got then a 10 year old and a two and a half so you know uh, it's great because the eldest is, is she helps a lot, but yeah, I, I think they're playing a teaching game. Like I think she's the teacher and she's trying, <laughs> she's trying to replicate like a classroom environment. She always does that with the, with the kids. So it's oh, really cute. <laughs> All right, Checky. Well, I'm going to have to leave our conversation there. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to jump on here and share your beautiful musings and for all the work that you do to help women in all the ways that we've discussed today. This has been a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful for you being here. Yeah, look, my pleasure. And just thank you so much for welcoming me, um, inviting me to come and share because I am so passionate about women, women in business, uh, women empowerment and encouraging women um, to be their authentic selves. So thank you so much for giving me the chance to share that. And I really hope to all the listeners out there um, that, yeah, this has touched a chord with you or um, has given you a bit of fire in your belly to just follow your dreams and know that, oh my God, me of three kids, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like there's always time. It's all about, you know, putting that structure in your week to really giving a good life balance. You can definitely fit all the things in that you want to do with your fitness and um, it's all manageable and you absolutely deserve to make that time for yourself. Oh, so good. Thank you, Checky. Um, so when this episode goes live, I'm going to share all of Checky's social media contacts and um, all the things so that you can check out her beautiful Instagram and Facebook and see the videos and everything that we've been talking about uh, today as well. So thanks so much, Checky. Thank you, Sam. So lovely to hear your voice. And I'm, I'm hoping I get to see you in the flesh real soon. All the way from beautiful Noosa. <laughs> yeah. day here in Noosa today. You Thanks. take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Checky. Okay, everybody. So this season, I'm super looking forward to sharing with you even more guest insights like the ones that we've been talking about today here on the podcast each and every fortnight. So I'd love it if you can hit subscribe. If you enjoy the episode, please rate it and leave a review. Uh, even if you don't enjoy it, leave a review. It helps me to get the podcast out and share it with more people. If you haven't already done so, please jump over to the website, www.samanthagoldsmith.com. You can download uh, some freebies there guided meditations and various things and remember if you are ready to achieve radical results and experience all the freedom that you desire by cultivating this profound internal emotional stability that I see as the secret source for women to do whatever they want you can jump over to the website Check out Rebel Life Bootcamp. It's a six-month immersion program there for lifetime access and access to the material and the community that will support you and help that to happen. Until then, sit deep, live radically, and do you, my sovereign sister. I'll see you next time. <laughs>